The number 416-216-5910. It is help at theinsurancelawyer.ca, the insurance and injury law show. We have something brand new on the show today. You want to talk about it right now or tease everybody? Let's let's tease everyone, right, John. We'll tease, yeah. So we got something new you can uh, you can check out very shortly uh, for your LTD case. We'll get to that in just a bit. We always start with the week that was. I guess this will be the uh, 2017 first one version of uh, of what's happening with you. So uh, what do you got for me, pal? That's right, John. And during the break, it uh, wasn't really a break for me, but uh, it's really yeah. a break for many people out there. Happy New Year to everyone. Wishing everyone uh, lots of happiness and health. And uh, uh, don't get into an accident when you're listening to this. But in the event that you did suffer an accident and you suffered injuries or you know someone who has, some of the information we talk about every week on the show could come in handy. Uh, so we start the way that we always start the week that was, with a few cases that came across my desk that I think would be really worthwhile to mention. So let's talk about this one particular case. So this was a lady who called me from Lindsay, and this lady had an accident, a very unfortunate accident. Uh, it, it was a trip and fall accident mm-hmm. back in April of 2014. Okay, so this is over two years ago, but she does have a lawyer. She has a lawyer up there where she's at, uh, but she called me because she listens to the show and she wanted some information and feedback from me. And, you know, the first red flag that I identified was that from what I could gather from speaking with her was that nothing has been really happening with her case. And just to give you a brief outline of what happened, uh, that one evening in April, over two and a half years ago, she goes to the convenience store at night near her home. Mm-hmm. And uh, I guess there is some broken glass or some stuff that's on, on, on the way to the store. So she walks around it and the pavement is either broken or there are potholes there. Something's wrong, causes her... To fall and she takes photographs the next day smart uh, but you know we're dealing with fairly severe injuries this lady is 62 years old uh, she suffered a, a broken arm a broken elbow uh, she hurt her right leg and her knee uh, she was very independent before the accident after the accident she now has a lot of issues she underwent surgery uh, you know very invasive procedure and of course she's asking me well what can I do here from my understanding she says is that my lawyers really haven't done anything. Certainly they haven't communicated anything in over two and a half years. Uh, And the last thing she heard from them was a few months back when they said that none of the parties that they had contacted, the parties meaning whoever might be responsible for this, had claimed responsibility or liability. And again, keep in mind, I'm getting this through her, so I don't know really what's going on with her claim. And, And when I see a case like this, one of the things that I ask for is I ask for obviously information about the status of the claim any photographs, and she doesn't have any photographs with her. She's given everything to her lawyer. And I'll tell people out there, if you do go to a lawyer because you've had an accident uh, or you have a claim with a disability insurer, keep copies of everything that you give your lawyer. Just make sure you have that in your file in the event that you do require those documents down the road. Big time. So I'm speaking with her, and it's clear to me that she is... Two and a half years later, still severely impaired in terms of functioning day to day, uh, being able to uh, uh, deal with her family. Uh, She wasn't working at the time, so there's no income loss claim, but certainly there's issues in terms of getting around the house and and just function um, generally. Uh, So so what I said to her, as I said, uh, get, get me copies of those photos. I need to understand what exactly caused you to fall. That's step number one. And remember, the fact that you think that a certain party may be responsible. You know, if this happened on a sidewalk, maybe you think it's the city, but perhaps it wasn't the city's responsibility to clear whatever happened there on the sidewalk and you know, all that glass that was there. Could be perhaps it was the store. It could be yeah. a contractor, it could be anyone. 
But, you know, the fact that two and a half years have passed and nothing has happened, I'm getting more and more calls nowadays, John, from people who have existing claims. Uh, In fact, on the way to the studio, I got a voicemail from a lady who said exactly that. My claim has been ongoing for four years. It's a car accident claim. Nothing's been happening. I have no idea what's going on. People, speak to the lawyer. If you've hired a lawyer, speak to your lawyer. Make an appointment. Make sure that you ask them, what is the status of my claim? Where am I in the claims process? Am I near the end? Am I near the beginning? What is going on? It's not difficult for the lawyer to spend literally two, three, four, five minutes with you at a minimum just to explain to you what is going on with your case. So anyways, I just wanted to bring this out because I'm getting more and more people calling me, naturally so, because they hear us on the radio, and wanting a second opinion. And I can give that to you, and I I often do. I spend a lot of time on the phone uh, speaking with people about these things. But you have to make sure that you do your due diligence when you select a lawyer. Don't just go to the flashy ads. Uh, don't don't just you know pick up the yellow pages and, and look who, who you know who's got a full page ad and, and say that you know for a broken finger they've gotten their clients millions of dollars. It's all nonsense. <laughs> okay, it's nonsense. It's hype. Make sure you do your due diligence where you select a lawyer. And if you are having difficulties with your lawyer, make sure you make an appointment to go see them and give them a deadline by which you want answers. And if you don't get those answers, certainly if you don't get any response back. You leave. You simply leave. You go and get a second opinion, yeah. whether it's with me or someone else. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. you got a couple minutes here before we uh, take a break. What else you got? All right. So there is a website we have as well called uh, myaccidentquestions.com. Right. And uh, I received in December a submission to it uh, fr- from a, a gentleman. His name is David. And it's an LTD case. And here what he, he, here's what he writes. Uh, he says, I'm appealing the denial of my LTD claim. My deadline to submit is January 30th, 2017. So it's coming up in a few weeks. Yep. I feel pretty confident that I will have the appeal done before that date. However, I want to know if I still have any recourse should a second denial is made. A- and so his question really is that the two-year mark for when he was denied the LTD in the first place is coming up and he's seeking to appeal it. And my right. understanding is it's, it's a second appeal that he's doing. And again, people out there, if you have a long-term disability claim that you are uh, dealing with, whether you were denied off the bat when you put in the application, whether you've had disability for a while and then you were cut off at some point, you're always going to be invited to appeal the decision. It's just a routine uh, thing that insurance companies do when they send you that denial letter. You don't appeal it. I mean, you can, but my suggestion to you is don't appeal it. Go to a disability lawyer, call me, email me. In fact, we'll talk about a new website that we've created that you can just go ahead and use. You'll be in, in, in immediate communications with me, and I can tell you fairly quickly if you have a case or not. Lots more coming up. We'll take a short break. The number is 416-216-5910. We'll tell you about that new website as well, a very, very handy tool. And for email, anytime when the show is over, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show right here Talk Radio, AM 640. The number 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You want to email Savan anytime, give him a call. That number's always around. Something new uh, to go along with the injury calculator. This is uh, this is excellent. You guys have just put this together, and it is fightformyltd.com. All one word, fightformyltd.com. Give me some details. All right, so that's the website. It's a very mm-hmm. simple website, and the reason I created it is because of the huge influx of people who've been calling me and emailing me just wanting to know if they, in fact, do have a case. Because, you know, when, when they've listened to us, uh, it, it's, it's, it's uh, you know, a bit of a surprise to them. They get this letter in the mail or uh, via email from the insurance company saying you have no case or we are cutting you off for so-and-so reasons. 
you can appeal the decision, but of course they've heard from family and friends, there's no point of taking on the insurance company. And of course I say the exact opposite. And they've been calling me and emailing me to find out, well, do I in fact have a case? So we created this website called fightformyltd.com. And all it is is, first of all, it gives you some basic information. It gives you some facts about LTD, uh, some myths that we are dispelling. It gives you some of the common excuses that we commonly see insurance companies mm-hmm. give individuals. And I'm sure that if most people out there who've had this uh, happen to them, a denial of an LTD claim or a cutoff, they'll go to that you know, five common excuses and they'll see that one of those excuses or reasons the insurance company gave right. that probably applies to them, uh, and some strategies for strengthening their, their LTD claims. But of course, what this website does specifically is uh, it allows you to find out if, in fact, you have an LTD case. And what does it do? Essentially, when you click on, do I have a case, it asks you five basic questions. Mm-hmm. How old are you? Have you been denied or cut off long-term disability? What is the nature of your disability? Do you have any doctors or treatment providers supporting your claim for disability? And then why has your insurance company denied or cut off your long-term disability? So five very simple questions. You're answering those. It takes you literally, what, 5, 10, 15 seconds? Uh, And then you click the submit button. You you put your email in there, right, so I can respond back. And I get these emails. And just by providing me with this basic information, I can tell you fairly quickly if you have a case or not. I may ask you for some more information. For example, uh, you know, if you're a unionized employee that has LTD coverage, I may ask to see your collective agreement. But the point is that with these five questions, I can very quickly figure out if, in fact, you have a case or not, or if I need to ask you for some more questions, if some more information. And these are the exact questions that I ask people anyways, except that now you have this one easy website. You can just click, and that's it. You've just initiated communication with me, and you know there, there's nothing to it because I'm going to respond back to you via email, and you choose to do with that information as you please. If you want to continue the communication with me uh, or, or with my team and figure out if, in fact, we can help you, then that's great. Otherwise, you know, don't bother. So you don't have to call anyone. You don't have to submit this long questionnaire. You don't have to do anything except for go on this website, answer these five simple questions. I'll get that email and respond to you as to whether or not you have a case or not. Fightformyltd.com. It's pretty It's pretty remarkable. That is such a black hole as far as the topic is concerned. People get so confused with LTD when they're cut off, what they should do, how they appeal, should they appeal, should they appeal a second time. It's good. It's really handy, right? Yeah, it, it is. And one of the problems, of course, is that with Google and with all the information you have online and all the various websites from different lawyers and, and insurance companies, people are getting mixed messages. Oh, big time. And it's actually not that difficult to figure out if, in fact, you have a case. There's always going to be, you know, the question mark as to whether or not uh, we can advocate for you successfully or not at the end. But this is why I'm telling you this information at the beginning. This is why I'm asking you for the information that I need to assess your claim at the beginning so I don't put you through a process that at the end of it, you're going to come back to me and say, Sivan, why did you put me through that process? Why did you just string me along just like I get many people calling me about other lawyers that they've been dealing with? And, and in fact, John, many of the clients that come to us that end up uh, being represented by lawyers in my firm come to us through word of mouth referrals because we've been able to achieve a result for them. Sure. I'm not going to tell you that you have a case unless I think that you really do have a case. Not to waste your time. I'm not going to waste your time. I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste my team's time. These cases are involved for us. 
you as the person that we're working for, you're not going to see all the guts. You're not going to see how the sausages are being made, so to speak. <laughs> we're going to do everything on the back end. So I'm not going to put you in that position and my team in that position unless I think that, in fact, you have a case. And it's not going to be that difficult for me to figure out very quickly if, in fact, you do have a case. Fightformyltd.com is the new website. You check it out at your convenience and use it if you, uh, you need that. So there's a question for you there. When someone you know, calls you up and tells you, say they call you this time, and they tell you that they are having difficulties with their LTD insurer. Uh, how do you know if they have a case? What kind of filter do you use for each individual? Well, the first question that I ask is, in fact, do you, do you have LTD coverage? Right. I mean, do you have disability coverage? And believe it or not, John, some people call me up and I ask them that, and they'd say, no, I don't have long-term disability coverage. And I said, well, if you don't have it, I can't help you with Just it. Just answer your own question. Right? I mean, you're not going to get uh, you know, dental coverage if you don't have a plan that covers dental. It's just that simple. So you know, if you were employed at the time that the disability arose and you have coverage, whether it's through work or privately, for long-term disability uh, and you've applied to it and you were either denied or you were approved and then cut off, well, that's a starting point. At that point, once I know you had that coverage or it's accessible to you, then we move on to the next question. What is the nature of your disability? Is it psychological? Is it physical? Is it a combination of both? Is it something else? And then, of course, the question is, well, why can you not work? How is that disability interfering with your ability or abilities to perform your job functions and do you have doctors or do you have treatment providers that are supporting you? And I've had situations, John, where people have been disabled, but their family doctor was unsympathetic or they've had a chiropractor that was unsympathetic. People who were treating them who say, no, I think you should be able to go back to work. But the person says, no, I can't. Right. So again, very important for me because clearly if your own treatment providers are saying that you should be able to go back, well, that's going to be a problem for you, right? Because then how am I going to go to the insurance company? You're going to Exactly. I need, right. I need the backup. So maybe you should be going to a different doctor. Perhaps you should get another opinion. Not to shop for doctors, right? It's, this is not doctor shopping. This is perhaps to go and get a second opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that, that's not uncommon and not unusual. And, and frankly, there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, so those are the types of questions I'm going to be asking. Do you have coverage? What is the nature of your disability? Um, how is that interfering with your ability to work? And do you have uh, the backup or, or the, the treatment providers who are going to be there to say, look, this person is experiencing this disability. Here's how it's impacting their ability to work. And for the foreseeable future, they cannot go back to work. Once we have that, let me deal with the insurance company and let the adjuster tell me why it is that he or she thinks that you should be able to go back to work and why it is that you do not qualify under their plan. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca and it's brand new. If you haven't checked it out, do so. Fightformyltd.com. Lots more. The Insurance and Injury Law Show is coming straight up on Talk Radio AM 640. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. If you've not checked out the new website, fightformyltd.com. Get that happening with Savannah as well. Uh, emails uh, at that uh, website are simple. You want to send one in. Chris from Barry here writes in, says, My wife is on long-term disability for fibromyalgia and depression, and the insurance company is saying that they will stop payments on January 13th. She won't qualify for the benefits after that date. She's a computer analyst, and they say she can do other jobs, but she can't, and her doctor says she can't. I don't understand what else they want. What should we do? Well, Chris, first of all, you hit um, the nail on the head here because we just spoke in the last segment. What is it that I require in order to evaluate whether or not uh, you have an LTD claim? And in this case, uh, your wife 
just from the information you've provided, this basic information I can tell you probably has a case. And I say probably because I need to understand a few more details. Uh, For example, I need to understand if she's unionized or not, because then I would have to look at a collective agreement. But in addition to that, I would want to see what exactly her doctor is saying in terms of her disability. The other thing that I want to mention is this, and we've talked about this on the last show and last few shows, John. Uh, The insurance company oftentimes, if, if, if you've been approved and you've been receiving payments, oftentimes they're not going to simply cut you off right then and then. They're not going to say, by the way, remember that last check that you got in the mail? That was your last check. They're not going to do that. They're going to give you a heads up. They're going to tell you in a month from now, in two months, they're going to give you usually a precise date, along with an explanation as to why they're doing it. Right. And one of the things that, you know, I, 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 we've, we've said this before, and I'll reiterate this again, is this infuriates me for, for a variety of reasons. I'm not going to go into them except to say that if you are in that situation or you know someone who is in that situation where the disability company is saying, we are going to cut you off in a month, in two months, whenever it is, call me or email me. Uh, I'm going to ask you for some of the documentation that you've provided to them. I'm going to have a brief discussion with you. Let me then at no charge send an email to the adjuster that's handling your file. I'm going to have to send an authorization you've signed to allow me to speak with them, uh, but let me try and avoid that cutoff. Let me see if I can dissuade them from cutting you off. And if they're, in fact, persuaded by my argument, and I usually send fairly... Um, persuasive persuasive, arguments. <laughs> yeah, persuasive emails yeah. Uh, or faxes, depending on the insurance company, uh, then that's fantastic. You, I'm not going to charge you a dime for it, nothing, because you're going to tell 10 other people to call me. So for me, that's advertising enough. But also because, you know what, it's, it's helping you. It takes, you know, a huge amount of stress off of you. Uh, and in, so in your case, Chris, in your wife's case, uh, contact me off air. Let me get some of the documentation that you've already submitted. Let me ask a few questions. Let me send that email. If, in fact, your wife gets cut off on January 13th, despite my email, well, then at least we've positioned your case or your claim in a certain way that we can maximize a potential settlement down the road if we start a claim. And whether or not we start a claim or not, that's going to be completely up to you. But let me at least try to contact the insurance company uh, with no strings attached to you. Let me try and avoid that cutoff. If I don't, what have you lost here? You're going to be in the exact same position. If I've been able to avoid the cutoff, that's fantastic. That's great. Just keep listening to the show, and hopefully that's not right. going to happen to you again. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca for emails. Uh, we're talking about this uh, fightformyltd.com. If you haven't been to that website, check it out. There's a basic drop-down menu of, what, five questions? That's and right. And it'll help you along with your LTD fight if you're in that uh, position. So once you're on long-term, do you keep, uh, you know, you, you, you've often said for the last couple of years that, you know, medical documentation is key. Do you have to keep sending it to the insurer? Yes, and, and usually what you do is uh, if ever your adjuster is asking you for updated information from your doctor, clinician, specialist, whoever it is you're seeing, comply with that. You have an obligation under the insurance policy to continue to provide updated medical documents. Remember, the fact that you were approved in January of 2016 doesn't mean that those documents back then are relevant today, January 2017. The insurance company always wants to be updated, and at some point, they may end up communicating directly with your physicians. Usually, they have you sign authorization allowing them to do that. But the point is this back and forth of communication, the back and forth providing these documents, that's something that insurance companies need. They need in order to continue paying your claim. 
And, you know, I do get a lot of people asking me, well, when does this stop? Well, it stops when you stop your benefits or when they cut you off, which is one of the reasons why when we start a claim, when someone has been cut off or denied, one of the um, uh, possibilities of of settling the claim, we talked about that before, you know, what happens when you settle an LTD claim, uh, one of the options is to settle the claim for what was retroactively owed to the date of the cutoff or denial, as well as to some point in the future, two, three, four, five years worth of LTD, let's say. For some people in some claims, one of the options is not to, in fact, settle globally for a lump sum for what the person's owed for the past as well as for a few years into the future, but to do what's called a retroactive pay and then reinstate the benefit. And so what that means is that, let's say you were cut off January 2016, and we settle today, John, today's whatever it is, January 2017. Mm-hmm. Let's say we agree then that the insurance company is going to pay you for the last year. That's the retroactive pay. And then right. they're going to reinstate you. And you're going to start uh, getting those monthly benefits back. Whatever you were getting back then as a monthly benefit, you're going to continue getting those. That's one of the ways to settle a claim with the insurance company. Right. But what that does is the umbilical cord between you and the insurance company is then maintained. It means that even when I'm out of the picture, you're right, through it again. you're going to continue having to provide them with medical documents. So a- again, you know, the point is that if the insurance company is asking you for medical documentation for updates and they are continuing to pay you benefits, you need to give that to them. And whenever you stop giving it to them, that's when trouble can arise. You did mention in there, though, that uh, they want access to your doctors directly. Do you have to give them that? Well, you do have to provide them with with access, yes. Um, Oftentimes, by the way, it's not a bad thing to have them speak directly with the doctor, especially when your doctor is, is, I'm not going to say acting as an advocate for you, but certainly whenever there is sympathy there, whenever the doctor certainly feels very strongly, and some doctors feel very strongly for their patients, uh, oftentimes it's not a bad thing to have the doctor speak directly to the adjuster because then there's no broken telephone then the adjuster hears it directly from the physician, and it's very difficult for the adjuster to argue with the physician unless the adjuster, him or herself, has medical training. We'll take a a quick break and back into an email as soon as we come back. That is uh, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. If you haven't checked out the new website, it is fightformyltd.com. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM640. 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. The brand new website is called fightformyltd.com. Check it out as we sit here and idly chat. If you want to send us an email this afternoon or after show hours, that is simply help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. Greg from Barrie was in a car accident a year ago. When a truck rear-ended my car in the 400 near Barrie, my car was a write-off and the other driver was charged. I hit my right knee hard on the dashboard, tore it. I've had two surgeries so far and have difficulty walking. I uh, had to decline a job offer that was going to pay me 80K. Can I claim that job loss? Absolutely, Greg. Uh, and that's um, that loss, uh, the $80,000 annual, uh, that's going to be under the heading of uh, a loss of competitive advantage or a loss of income, depending on how we frame it. Um, so let me backtrack for a second. Whenever you're involved in a car accident... Okay, let's just do a car accidents one-on-one here. There are two types of claims if there is someone else that was at fault for the accident. The first type of a claim is called accident benefits. That's when your own insurance company owes you certain money, certain benefits 
under the insurance policy that you have, the auto insurance policy. Mm-hmm. That can be medical rehabilitation benefits. It can be income replacement benefits, et cetera, et cetera. They will tell you that as soon as you contact them and report the accident and they find out that you are in fact injured. Right. The second type of a claim where this uh, case, uh, the 80,000 really factors in, uh, is the tort claim, the claim against the at-fault driver, whoever caused the accident. And by the way, sometimes it's not clear-cut. Sometimes you have um, situations where it's not necessarily a a, uh, a re-rent collision like it was here with you, Greg, Uh, but it doesn't matter because the analysis is the same. So the first point of analysis is, was there someone else at fault? In your case, yes. Clearly, there was a truck that re-rented your car on the 400. Uh, the second question is, what are the injuries and damages that flow from that accident? And of course, you're talking about a fairly severe injury. I mean, the fact that your right knee uh, had a tear, you had two surgeries. Yeah, I mean, I've dealt with a lot of knee injuries. I've talked to countless orthopedic surgeons. These are very, very severe injuries. And these are the kind of injuries that are never going to really go away. Perhaps at some point in the future, you may need knee replacement, uh, revision surgery, uh, aids for walking. I mean, who knows? Now, you're talking about the $80,000 you've lost, and you said that you had to decline that job offer. So presumably that offer was made to you in writing. I hope it was in writing because that's how we're going to be substantiating Mm -hmm. the fact that you, in fact, had uh, a job offer. Even if it was oral, we can always get that from a witness, from whoever provided that to you. But of course, if we have that in writing, then when we present your case to the insurance company, after we've made the claim, and this is the insurance company for whoever was at fault for the accident, not your insurance company, uh, then we tell them, we say, look, uh, Greg was in this accident. Your insured caused that accident. Here are his injuries. You can go to the injury calculator that we're going to talk about to assess the uh, quantum or the amount of pain and suffering damages that he's entitled to. But let's talk about that job that he now lost. Let's talk, let, 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 let's, let's talk about the kind of job it was. Let's talk about you know, w- whether it was a one-year contract job that he was supposed to earn $80,000 for, or was this a long-term job that he was supposed to get this 80000 potentially even more, down the road. So you see, you're definitely enti- not entitled. You're owed that money. It's, it's a question of, of how we, we categorize it and how we advance it uh, in, in how we substantiate the fact that, in, that you, you were, in fact, about to start that job. You were going to accept it. And again, I'm going to need some more information from you, Greg, whether or not you had to relocate for that job. Mm-hmm. There may be some other expenses you've incurred uh, that are uh, apart from the 80000 that you've lost. So remember, uh, whenever you're dealing with a car accident or any injury for that matter, and someone else is at fault, and you're advancing a claim, you have to look at all of the heads of damage. You have to look at the income losses. Uh, you have to look at the losses of competitive advantage. So Let me ask you yeah. this, though. I mean, well, he doesn't say here, assume that Greg is 40. That's right. And this job was 80K a year. Will you base on the fact that he might have this job till he's 65? Yes, but it's very rare to be able to It's tough make, to do that, right? Well, it's very tough to say that a person will never work again unless that person is right. either dead, in which case the, the, the family advances that claim, right. or uh, if that person is, is paralyzed, God forbid. Um, so generally what happens is you advance uh, a claim for losses for a reasonable time, depending on what the doctors are saying is a reasonable time for him to be out of work. Um, and you also advance some kind of a competitive advantage claim. So if you're dealing with, let's say, a physical type job, and now Greg has had this terrible knee injury, well, he's not going to be as competitive in the workforce as other people his age, you know, other 40-year-olds perhaps. Uh, And and so then the question becomes, well, 
his his employment options, his 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 employment possibilities are now limited. So his competitiveness in the workplace is now limited. So perhaps it's going to be eighty thousand dollars loss for the next two years. If in fact he's unable to work for those two years, maybe he'll have to get retrained. And you're going to have to start from a job that pays you $40,000 a year. So you see the right. calculation, it's a lot of, math. A lot of mm-hmm. math, which is why we have to get the proper experts and we have to give it some time to pass to see how he recovers from the injury. So I'll ask you this. So you're, uh, you're fired to let go from your job because you couldn't work after a car accident. If the accident was not your fault, is the negligent driver responsible for all of your job loss or is this, that's all him, right? Yes. So that's an excellent question because remember, whenever we're dealing with employment situations that arise out of car accidents, of course, then I talk to Lior and the other employment lawyers at the firm because there's going to be issues there. You know, can your employer fire you when you're disabled? I mean, there are human rights issues. And of course, we deal with all these kinds of issues at the firm. But the question then becomes, okay, let's say this actually happened. Uh, the employer, in fact, fired you from the job because of your disability after the accident. So other than the fact that you have now an employment case that we can help with, from a personal injury standpoint, what can we do about that? Well, what can we do about that? We can certainly advance uh, against whoever was negligent here a claim that you have lost that job. So not only are you entitled to severance from the employer and potential human rights damages because yeah. they fired you under disability, but now perhaps it's going to take you that much longer to find another job. And who's going to pay you for that time, right? You may get some uh, income replacement benefits from your insurance company, but you're also going to be entitled to a certain amount of income losses from whoever caused the accident, from their insurance company. So that goes hand in hand with the employment case that was just created as a result of this negligent driver. This is why, folks, you don't do this stuff on your own. Yeah, <laughs> like I know. it's impossible. It's, it, yeah, don't it, even attempt it. And, 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 like, and, and, and you know, John, it's, it's, and I keep saying this, the fact that we have both employment lawyers and personal injury lawyers at the firm and everyone works together, right. things are just not going to fall through the cracks the way that they can if you have lawyers in different law firms and different jurisdictions working because then, you know, the left hand doesn't talk to the right hand. Yeah. It is so crucial to come to one place that has uh, the lawyers being able to handle all aspects of the claim. 416-216-5910 is that number. Help at the insurancelawyer.ca. We're going to get into the injury calculator as soon as we come back. And if you haven't checked out the new website, you can do it now. It's called fightformyltd.com. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show Talk Radio, AM640. 416-216-5910 and help at the insurancelawyer.ca. We have talked about fightformyltd.com off the top of the show, but we have yet to talk about uh, the one we love, and that is the injury calculator. That's right. The tried and tested. Uh, oh, it's tried and tested, and it's been used, and it keeps getting used uh, for, for, for a very good reason, because it allows you, uh, anywhere in Ontario, if you've been injured through someone's negligence, whether it's a car accident, a bicycle accident, a trip and fall, a slip and fall on ice, you know, the weather now, uh, you've been injured. You want to know, doesn't it make sense for me to even start a claim against whoever was responsible? What can I look at in terms of, of monetary damages here? Because I'm not going to go and go speak with a lawyer, call Sivan for, you know, a thousand bucks. It's just not going to happen. And I would tell you not to do that, in fact, if that was the case. So if you go to that website, injurycalculator.ca, again, you have click on menus. So you click on, uh, you know, the type of injury you've sustained, uh, the, the, the severity of the injury, whether it's a knee injury or a back injury or a shoulder injury or a head injury, whatever it is, you input a few key pieces of information. It's anonymous. Okay. It takes you literally 15, 20, 25 seconds to do. And then at the end, what happens is that the calculator 
sifts through a database of cases that we've accumulated from across the country, across Canada, where cases like yours have gone through the court system, and here's what judges have said that your injury is worth. And so what happened is uh, when, when the calculator takes the information you've given it and it goes through the case law, it then spits out a range of potential monetary damages you could be looking at for pain and suffering. So for your broken ankle, you could be getting X to Y, you know, $30,000 to $40,000, let's say. I'm just, you know, pulling these numbers from from thin air. But, you know, the numbers in the calculator are not being pulled from thin air. They're actually based on cases, real cases from across the country that we've put together, we've assembled. And this is really uh, uh, crucial and key to understand. It's only for pain and suffering. Right? right? Remember that uh, previous email that, that we received about the knee injury? You know, the knee injury that that gentleman was talking about, perhaps the calculator will tell you that that injury can get you, let's say, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 for pain and suffering. But remember, he, he, he the, 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 the job that he had- For 80000 uh, $80,000. And yeah. let's say it's for two years. So maybe he lost one hundred and sixty grand. So so the knee, knee injury may be worth sixty, seventy thousand. 70000 but the job losses could be 160, maybe even more. So you see, the calculator is only able to give you that quantum, that amount for pain and suffering. It can't tell you other stuff because every case is, is specific on its facts. But it's a very, very interesting tool. It's been used quite a lot. And, and quite a lot of people end up at the end of the calculator when it gives them that um, uh, amount, the range, they want to know more about their case, they want to get a, a more specific evaluation of their specific case. And so they click the uh, submit for a consultation button and nice. then I get that email and then I get in touch with them and we speak about their case specifically. Injurycalculator.ca is the website. We'll talk about an email here. You want to send one help at the insurancelawyer.ca is, and that's outside of show hours as well, by the way. Blake Richmond Hill writes in, says, last year my brother was riding his bicycle. He didn't see a huge pothole in a parking lot he was cycling through. And when he hit it, flew off his bike, he was hurt pretty badly. Doctors say that he has a concussion and he still has blurry vision and memory issues. He's uh, being followed by Sunnybrook uh, by some doctors there who was responsible for this pothole. And can my brother get anything for his suffering? He's also not being able to go back to work since that time. Okay, Blake. Well, we were talking about a very severe injury. And to answer your first question, who's responsible? That's something that we're going to have to look at very closely because... You're saying that the pothole uh, was in some parking lot. Well, who owns that parking lot? Right. Who was responsible for maintaining that parking lot? Perhaps you have a company that owns it and another company that manages. And perhaps that company that manages hired another company to repair it and they yeah. haven't repaired it. You know, like we have to look at all these things and that's key and that's crucial because each one of these companies, they're going to have their own respective insurance companies. And when it comes down uh, time to, to resolve the claim, to talk settlement, we're going to have to engage all of these insurance companies at the negotiating table and extract the maximum amount that is allowable under the law uh, for your brother. Now, your brother uh, has a concussion. A concussion, we've said it before and I'll say it again, is a brain injury. There are different types of brain injury. If you go on Google, you just type concussion, you're going to see that the Mayo Clinic uh, has a definition for it and, and they will tell you that it is a traumatic brain injury. It alters the way that the brain functions and there's different symptoms that you have to watch out for, like nausea, dizziness, uh, memory loss, things like that. So very, very important. And, and I mean, you're saying here that he hasn't been able to go back to work since that time. So. Very, very important that a claim on behalf of your brother is started ASAP. The longer you wait, the longer he waits, the longer a final resolution is, is going to happen, right? Every day that passes that you don't advance a claim for your brother or your brother doesn't advance a claim on him, his own behalf mm-hmm. uh, is, is another day that he's not going to have money that he's probably desperately needs, 
you know, for medical rehabilitation benefits and things like that. And I can tell you one more thing. Sunnybrook has uh, one of the top uh, brain injury clinics in the country. So it's a very good thing that he's being treated there. And in fact, we're going to have to go to the doctors that are treating him in order to get opinions as to his uh, status, uh, his not just the diagnosis, but the prognosis. What can he expect in the future? So very, very important to have all this information uh, in order to advance the claim properly. We'll take a short break and get into our uh, final topic for a couple minutes when we come back. That would be the seasons of slip and falls. You bet, January. Uh, in the meantime, 416-216-5910. You can check out injurycalculator.ca or the new website, fightformyltd.com. This is the Insurance and Injury Law Show. Talk radio, AM 640. Get a hold of Savannah anytime, 416-216-5910 and help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. It is that time. It was warm this week earlier, but it's cooling back down. Lots of slip and falls because of the weather. Uh, what do you do if you're injured because of a slip and fall on a sidewalk or, say, other public property? Well, you first of all, you get medical help. I mean, that's the number one thing. Forget about the legalities of things. You have to make sure you're okay. Uh, and, and, you know, slips and falls can result in horrendous injuries. It can be just, uh, you know, a, 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 a bruise here and there, or it can be a fracture or a tear. So get medical help. Uh, but also try and get a photograph or get someone to get a photograph of the area where you fell. Uh, if you can do it within minutes of, of you falling, because of course some injuries are very severe, uh, make sure you ask someone to go that day, uh, at, at worst the next day, because again, the weather changes and the longer you wait between getting a photograph taken of that area where you fell and and you know the time that you took the photograph uh, the more ammunition you're going to give the insurance company who are going to say well you know the photograph was taken too late and we can't really tell what the weather conditions were on the day in question so very very important now if you if you fall on on, on a city property like a sidewalk for example under the municipal act you have 10 days from the date of the incident to notify the city clerk in writing you have to literally fax in a letter or, or drop it off or whatever it is within 10 days. Here's my name. Uh, here's where this happened. Be as specific as you can as to the location. Uh, uh, here's the injury. Just give them some details about this. Make sure you keep a copy of whatever it is you send out. This is very, very important. I've seen claims that failed as a result of uh, that notice requirement not being given uh, within that 10-day period. Uh, and, and, and of course, you know, make sure that you call me or email me uh, to, to ask what to do next, because oftentimes people don't know what to do. A lot of times uh, they, they, they don't want to do anything and they just want to focus on themselves, which yeah. is completely appropriate, except that, you know, if you don't contact a lawyer shortly after an accident, particularly when the injuries are severe, you could be jeopardizing your rights. And what, what, what do I mean by that? Uh, we've talked about this before. What happens when you've notified the city clerk or you've notified uh, the owner of the plaza or the store or the mall or whatever it is? They tell their insurance companies. Insurance companies then immediately notify their adjusters. The adjusters then contact you and want to get a statement from you. Do not give these statements out without a lawyer present. Many times you will say things, unfortunately, that may have repercussions down the road for your claim. These adjusters are professionals. They're not going to put words in your mouth necessarily, okay? But they know what to ask and how to ask it. This is what they do for a living. So make sure that when you're dealing with an insurance company, for whoever owned or maintained the area in question that caused you to, to fall, 
make sure that you know you have a lawyer present or make sure that you do things uh, via written communication you know by email things like that D- don't just speak with them by phone agree to a statement you know go through all of this and a year later contact the lawyer and ask the lawyer to extract you out of the the bind you know that you find yourself in because right. you've said something that now prejudices your, your claim with cell phones too it's it's so much easier I bet you everybody now can just lean over and click whatever they absolutely you know, they it's, can it's, it's like it's so much easier than photographs it used to be, videos right? oh yeah. yeah and I get that a lot that's I mean true. and that's it's crazy and and if it's not you it's your family member it's your friends you can ask someone to go you know I've had people that uh, were pretty badly injured pretty bad fractures and and you know they, they've called their mother their father their sister their brother whoever it is said listen can you go to that location you know that intersection of this and this just take some photographs of the area. Uh, here's approximately where I fell. Yeah. And, and, and that's all you need to do. I mean, you have no idea how powerful that is. It shows us not only the state of, of the ice, the snow and all of that, but it shows us as well if there was any salt on the ground. It shows us if there was sand on the ground. That's going to go a long way because I can guarantee you, John, and this has happened to me more than I can count, uh, where it was absolutely clear to me based on the information and evidence that my clients have, have given me and even the photographs that there was lack of maintenance. There was no salt put down. But guess what? The maintenance contractor that was hired by the owner of the property, they said that they had salted that area only a few hours before, but we had photographs that showed that they were lying. If you didn't have those photographs, then all you're left with is the evidence of of the contractor. Until next time, here's the number, 416-216-5910. You want to write an email into Savannah, ask some questions, help at theinsurancelawyer.ca. You also have the injury calculator.ca. Find out what your pain and suffering could be. And the new website's called fightformyltd.com. Check that out when you got a moment as well. Till next time, the Insurance and Injury Law Show, Talk Radio, AM 640.